0: is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM.
2: So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley.
0: And I'm R.C. Weslowski, your other co-host today... And we're very lucky and happy to have in studio the Vancouver Youth Poetry Slam Grand Slam champion as our guest, Emma Field. Hi, Emma. Hello. Hey. Great to have you here.
1: So happy to be here.
0: Great. And uh, so we'll have you start off with a poem. Perfect. Get us going.
1: I'm an Etch-A-Sketch. So what I'm saying is I want you to shake me. I'm a lemon. So... I'd like you to make the most of me. And I don't mean by adding sugar and advertising me on the street, I mean getting used to puckering. (laughs) I'm a fungus. I could be the thousand dollar truffle on your dinner plate or the kind that grows on your foot, but I'm not going to tell you which one. I live for mystery. (laughs) I'm a number. So when I tell you to dial me, I don't mean accidentally. When I see your missed call and return it, beaming, hopefully, only to find out that it was your butt that phoned me, it makes me look pathetic. Please don't do that. (laughs) I'm a Tamagotchi, so I will die if you don't pay attention to me. Oh. Oh. No.
0: Like, oh, no. (laughs) What's, is that a... What's a tamagotchi?
1: Tamagotchi. That's like the if you were if you were a kid in the 2000s, you had a tamagotchi. It was like this little digital animal that you like wore on a lanyard, and you had to like feed and clean up after. I had two things to say to that. Yeah? First of all, I
2: am paying attention, even though I'm watching the dial, oh, So don't die. I, okay. Okay. And secondly, what sound does a tamagotchi make when it
1: it's, dies? It's oh Oh, like oh it's going it to die. Oh, maybe if I fed it some tamagotchi food or something. What does it eat? Um pixels probably (laughs) (laughs) something like that
0: great so that was uh, is that a new poem
1: it is new it is new actually I wrote it because you know Back, I I was thinking back to our very first meeting that we had at the Vancouver, for the Vancouver youth team this year, and one of the things, RC coaches the youth team, um, and one of your things that you had us do was, like, make goals for yourself and for the team, and a fellow team member, Andrew Warner, he decided to do neither, he decided to make a goal for me, and that was to write weirder poetry, so I thought, I guess that this fulfills that. You
0: think that fulfills that? Maybe. Does that feel weird for you, that It feels weirder, yeah. In what way?
1: Um, you know, just, just saying things that, like, people might scrunch their face up at and, like, but still getting pleasure out of that kind Mm -hmm. of feeling of, of kind of instilling a weird, kind of uncomfortable thought of being fungus and, you know, that's kind of a cringy thing that people might not like to use to describe them, but I think it's (laughs) kind of fun. Or they might think
2: it's okay to squeeze you like a lemon or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like your poetry. Thank you, Pam. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think you need to be any more er anything. I think you could just be <laughs> Emma er.
0: More Emma? Yeah. <laughs> more fielder?
1: Just more saturated. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so oh, go ahead. I
1: was going to
2: say, let's hear another one,
1: but maybe you oh, have a sure, question let's or, or comment.
0: Let's, yeah, let's do that. Let's, okay. Let's well, I problem. just
1: have a, I just might flip through here and choose another one.
2: That's great. That's good sound effects, you know, so rustling of paper. Oh, yes, rustle.
1: No, it's just I'm making the sound with my mouth, actually. Wow, that's impressive. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here we go. You have a future in sound effects. Okay, this poem is called Siren. I slip into sailor's sleep, like nightmare and like dream. Seamen speak of me like trickster, like a nymph looking for companionship, but when you're in my waters, you are safest with your hands and feet bound around mast, cotton in your ears, those who last often don't have enough breath to muster a man overboard. I'm the mythology your mother warned you about, the obstacle in every man's odyssey. I'm painted in dichotomy, part bird, part woman, sewn to her spot with nothing but a blatant kind of honesty. You've never heard a song quite as sumptuous as mine. My kind of sonatas induce avalanches, which is to say I've made mountains of men rumble self-control off their shoulders. It may not crack the crystal every time, but I sing a different sort of shatter. I sing like snare. I belt like black back road bear trap. I whisper and cut your willpower in half. And I dine on men's discipline for dinner at that. I riff like the jerk and lift of looped rope becoming taut around your ankle. I revel in watching you dangle. I sing like tease. Like as you please, I croon I bellow like bathing on the roof Begging for your hallelujah Call me Bathsheba And I will teach your David a new kind of devotion You say I make your faith murky Well, dare I say your God never got a chance like this To get his hands dirty The choice was never yours to begin with we both act in our own nature me to blindfold and you to follow resistance is never your responsibility I always sing your request and the song is always just too sweet my feathers just too preened your alibi just too clean I consume your culpability every time I undress my speech so the blame only ever falls on me I sing still but I sing like warning device ever since you made wicked of my existence my song is only heard as villainous what if I once told you that my voice was an ode to mourning was a holy poem growing but when you look like me how could they not think that temptation is the only tongue I speak they gave me a sword and told me to stand with cyclops see they made a monster out of me those who drown in my songs are called victims those who evade me are called cunning they are always either the poor soul or the hero and my methods always unbecoming I sing like archetype I voice crack like plot device I am sideshow to distract the hero who has no control of where his eyes go or in him whose hooks have made home as far as he knows seduction is a dictator and a soldier only follows orders I'm sorry to say that this narrative is not landlocked in literature the siren song did not burn with the scripts this sick melody is on reprise that seems to outlive time but next time you're out at sea, if you perk your ears just right, if you are willing to listen, you will hear me.
2: Wow. Um, There's a lot of alliteration in that poem. There is. And at first I was thinking, oh, maybe she's using a lot of S's on purpose, but then you moved on to other sounds. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just S's. Yeah. That would be be a bit tedious, but, um,
1: so you're aware of that. Is that something that you like to do in your poetry? Yeah, I mean, like, I think, I think when you grow up and, in, in, like, go to elementary school and, like, middle school and high school, like, you learn all of, like, the, you know, your poetic devices yeah. and stuff like that. But I think at a certain point once you learn it, like, it just becomes, like, I mean, it's a tool and, like, it, I guess it becomes less about knowing what each thing is, but just, like, learning how to mm-hmm. put it in there and utilize it. Mm-hmm. But. And what was it that attracted
2: you? I mean, you do a really good job of giving voice to a, a siren. Right and like thinking of all the what it must be like for somebody who, I love that. Like you're either a a victim or a a hero if Mm -hmm. if if you manage to escape my song. Yeah. Um, When do you remember when you first heard about sirens, or what draws draws you to this poem? If you can't remember that, yeah,
1: I mean the reason why I kind of wrote this poem was just in like a high school English class we were like. um, like analyzing "Hallelujah" by Leonard Cohen because I think it's probably like one of the most like misunderstood songs of all time. Like people have it at their wedding, and it was in Shrek. Like that just, you know what I mean? Like it just <laughs> yeah. didn't make sense. Um, but like there's just kind of like these these same kind of themes in a, of like you know like the like women bringing the downfall of men and like just like you know once once like that stuff just pops up everywhere. Um, but I guess maybe like Pirates of the Caribbean, like it's everywhere. You know what I mean? Like even it in is. these fantastical places that, like you know, like I, like you know, you have all of these fantastical things happening in science fiction and all these fantasy movies, and yet like women seem to be in a similar position in all of these places. You know what I mean? Like that—that's it's maybe it's too fantastical for women not to be victims of this sort of system, and that, yeah, that's like it's it, kind of messed up to me.
0: You think as speculative fiction would allow. You know, the changing yeah. of mm-hmm. of gender roles and, and, and all that sort of no. in the future, you yeah. know, or whatever. Yeah. Like
2: yeah, Game of Thrones, like yeah. Or in the past, yeah. And then they say, Oh well it was part of the past. Okay, this is a made up past. You could have made it any way yeah, yeah. you wanted and women still lure men with yeah. their you know, like use their desire and then have to be killed because of it. And yeah. You know, it's like the only limited power that we're allowed and then it becomes destructive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? And it's yeah. Agreed. So, no, it's... Um, I was trying to remember the first time I ever heard of sirens, because I used to read about Greek mythology when I was a kid. So I probably learned it. But that siren song, I mean, even that phrase mm-hmm. is in our... We don't even... You might not even know where it comes from. Yeah. And you, you know that it means something that might lure you to... It's danger, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah.
0: So, um, people listening in, mm-hmm. they that would have been the first time they've heard you do a what we could call a persona piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's something that you like to do. No, know, having yeah. known your work, and what yeah. draws you to, to uh, taking on the personas I mean, of of thing, you know, either yeah. Pluto or a siren or it's the Titanic true. or an it's iceberg. True. And
1: it's definitely been pointed out to me. Maybe it's because I just like to hide behind my own problems and stuff and put it on to the face of something else. But I think it's more like like when you when you choose something. Like, to, to do a persona, I think it just, like, opens up, like, some sort of... It opens up, like, a larger kind of range of language to talk about within that kind of area. Like, you know, like, with the siren, there's, like, the ocean, there's, like, the mythology. Like, in that... In, like, a poem that I wrote, I write from the point of view of Pluto, and there's, like, you know, like, there's the whole space thing that... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's fairly popular, in at least in, in the slime community in Vancouver, you hear a lot of that stuff. But I think it's just more about, like, choosing a interesting perspective and mm-hmm. playing with the language that's related with it
0: do you feel that if you take on a persona you are able to like talk about issues that you wouldn't necessarily discuss if you were going hey this is from emma's
1: yeah i think for sure i mean and it's like there's just i think in so many uh like if even if you just use an inanimate object there's just there's something human about certain like events or certain positions that that the world has, like, like Pluto, like, if, like just the example is that, you know, it's just a giant rock in space, but, like, there's this, there's this human component about this, this planet being dissed, um, mm-hmm. and that, like, we can just relate to, you know what I mean, and, um, or just like a siren, even though, like, you know, people aren't actually being lured by them, it's, there's, it just, it reflects, like, a, a greater truth and, and things that exist in our world.
0: Do you have other, what do you like to write about, like, I mean do you have favorite topics that tend to come, like you know, if you look at all your poems, you go, oh, I'm writing about, kind of writing about that again. Yeah,
1: I mean, probably, I think when I was, I'm putting together a chat book right now where it's kind of put together and I'm just in the process of getting it printed and, and all that finalized. Uh, but kind of when I was looking through it, like a lot of it kind of follows that theme that kind of like Pluto's probably like the, like the poem that kind of represents this, but it, kind of in all the other poems, you kind of hints of it. It's just like, like, not wanting people to define you and being misunderstood and things like that. And I was like, oh, man, like, that's kind of, like, a classic angsty teen thing to do. But, like, but like it doesn't bother me. I just, like, it, there was kind of a moment where, where like, I, I realized that that stuff was all kind of present. Um, but kind of it's not unexpected to, mm. you know, I feel like that's a fairly universal thing, but it's it's nice that I've been able to kind of write that same idea and incorporate that into different kind of Different ideas and parts of my life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, one of the reasons we have you on the show today is because mm-hmm. you're featuring tonight. Yes. At the Vancouver Poetry Slam, Youth Poetry true. Slam. Yeah. Um, can you talk about uh, well that a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. what do you plan on doing? And then some other stuff that you're prefer- you know doing with the Yeah, of, the of poets course. And stuff.
1: Well, no, it's I think this next January at the Youth Slam will be like four years since like the first time I performed. So it feels like kind of special just to be able to go back and like think about where I was like four years ago, and I was like go up on. Stage and like couldn't feel my hands because I was so nervous and all that. But um, also like I haven't I haven't been like slamming a lot recently. And most of the writing that I'm planning on performing tonight is 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 kind of like less slam and more just like stuff I've written for myself that now I feel like I'm ready to perform to an audience. That's what features are all about. I know, I know. And I, that's what I'm excited about just because it's like, I feel like there's a certain time where I was like really stuck in a rut of like writing three minute poems and like writing that crescendo, decrescendo slam poem and like, you know, and like sometimes I can just be like hurtful to the whole like writing process and like what, what you want to create. So like, yeah, there's things that I, I've written that I never intended on, on showing to people and then, and then when I do, like, it, it just feels a little bit more authentic and more fun.
2: But what I was struck by when I saw you win the championship back in, what was that, March mm-hmm. last year? Um, was that your poetry is so very distinctive. It doesn't sound like slam poetry. It doesn't have a voice that comes from watching YouTube videos or listening to other slam poets. And, I mean, it sounds, that's why I say that I like your your poetry and to be more emma -er or to be as (laughs) Emma as you are because you you write about things in in a slightly different way I mean you you don't allow it to change I don't think and you still keep your own voice and interests and instincts
1: and that's how I hear it anyway from the audience point of view so thank you I mean it's definitely something that I've been like I feel like I'm actively trying to be conscious of and even like when um we went on tour this summer, and I guess maybe we'll talk about that. Is like I, I'm part of this poetry collective, poetry group called the Tiny Tricycle Poets. Um, probably more more amply called like a traveling circus, but um, <laughs> like, uh, but like when even when we're going from place to place, like you can see like the influence of like. YouTube poetry and, you know, just, like, talking to people. Like, obviously, like, compared to most people, like, I haven't been in the scene as long as people who have seen such a change, like, with, like, the broadcasting of, like, digital poetry and stuff like that. Um, Just, like, how there used to be kind of more pockets of, like, regional tastes Hmm. and flavors and now with, with, like, button poetry and things like that, that's kind of becoming a little bit more homogenized in a certain way and, like, even you can, I mean, I I did notice differences but you can see, you can see kind of, like, the, Mm -hmm. the... I don't want to say copycatting, but like you just see the influence, right? It's it's, Mm -hmm. it's
0: influential. Yeah. For people who don't know, there's a poetry channel Called Button Poetry, and it primarily focuses on uh, performance poets, slam poets. And I think what happens is, and then if you become acknowledged by Button Poetry, there's an opportunity for some sort of, you know, success and uh, notoriety, and maybe becoming uh, to stand on your own and go and tour and all that sort of stuff. So you know, the goal then is to try and be like a Button poet, Mm -hmm. poetry poet, so you can win, you know, get on that channel and 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 do all those sorts of things. So that might be part of. that homogeneity—I don't know yeah. if that's a real word—but um, yeah, that's that's probably part of it.
1: Mm-hmm. I would like to see more weird poetry on mm-hmm. button poetry. That would be nice. Yeah, more weird poetry on button
2: poetry. Yeah, yeah. So then it could like defeat its own uh, stereotype. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, were you gonna say something? no nope. uh, yeah so you're listening the- <laughs> okay you're listening to uh, wax poetic here on co-op radio CFRO 100.5 FM and our guest today is Emma Field the current Vancouver Youth Poetry Slam Grand Slam champion and how about we get another poem sure. from Emma
1: um, actually when I'm gonna do a poem that I, I wrote for a friend of mine and I've done it a couple times um, but she's, I've never actually done it for her. Um, but I'm going to do it for her tonight. So I've been like, even performed in another country, but I don't even have it. <laughs> I've just uh. never even heard it. But maybe Allison's listening yeah, right now. be listening. Shout out to Allison. Oh, I also said I'd give a shout out to my mom. Hi, mom. Hey, Emma's mom. Oh, wait, I don't, maybe I don't even have it here. Uh-oh. Well, maybe I'll just do it from memory. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It is as you are playing Schubert, Sonata, and A major that I notice your hair ribbon is the paint-chip twin of your gown, and I think, how cliché of you. In high school, you wore your combat boots tidily, never scuffed. You denounced boys as distractions, giving your Friday nights to Boeing in the place of movie dates, irresistibly kind in your rejections. On that camping trip, we crouched and wrangled rice noodles into a colander, narrowly missing the leap into dirt. Our eyes were as wet with laughter as those freshly boiled strands. That night we stargazed, barely a foot of picnic bench plank between our shoulders, your moon cheeks full, campfire smoke percolating our fleeces. I'd never use the word unwieldy to describe you, but that soot on your chin made you look unwieldy. (laughs) When morning came, my barefoot found a slug in my hiking boot, almost as unpleasant as leaving. Years later, when Juilliard said no, we ate Sundays, thawed the disappointment like a pound of frozen raspberries. Rejection can be said sweetly and still stain. So it is as you charm Schubert out of violin that I notice the audience for the first time, hanging on to every note of your horsehair strings, salivating silent praise when I realize they don't know about the Sundays. They would be confused, not charmed, if a laced combat boot were to peek from under the billow of your gown. They see only the poise, plump and red and still bleeding from the memory of freezing, but you shed your grief like seasons always change. You've spent your entire life looking down the neck of a violin, plucking effortlessly, but you are still unwieldy. It comes to me that this is the first time I've been close enough As to hear you breathe when you play, and for a moment I see the cloud of your exhale on the pine-scented night, a black wisp of hair flicking in tempo, a rebel streak of wood ash.
2: That's so beautiful Oh, thank you <laughs> Wow, so beautiful People don't write enough poems about friendship mm-hmm.
1: I agree, what's with love poems? Yeah, friendship poems Yeah, and then, <laughs> then you
2: capture all those little moments Like, oh, there was this thing with the noodles And it doesn't mean anything to anybody else mm-hmm. Except it's like an essence of your friendship yeah. And then you've put it in this poem So now that it means something yeah. to I mean, it means something to me anyway I'm sure other people listening to you. It's so beautiful Thank you and I love the play between the, the, the you know the perfection, the poise, mm-hmm. and then the 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 person that you know, like you have a an
1: intimacy, a secret yeah. knowledge of that person because you're friends with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that goes for a lot of people who yeah. like whose friends perform and things like that, and. Like you just, there's so much different. Like from, I mean, yeah, I think about like people who've only seen me perform and don't know me as a person. Like, what would they think? Or like, yeah. like Andrew Warner, who's like one of my my closest friends. Like, I used to watch him on YouTube before I ever met him. Like, you know, his "I Am a Child" video where he's like 13 or something performing it, and then I was like, well, that's. And you know, I was like, oh my god, it's Andrew Warner, and I saw him in real life. I'm like, oh my god, it's Andrew Warner. <laughs> and then this summer, he's like taking a bath in the next room in Toronto, like sharing an Airbnb, <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, this is my life now. You know, like <laughs> just. Oh, Andrew Warner. Oh, Andrew Warner,
2: yeah. (laughs) I also love that looking down the neck of the violin and then thinking about, you know, the hair ribbon also hanging down the neck, even though you don't say that. Mm -hmm. It's like all these little things and the soot on the chin and the, yeah, it was just, it's a beautiful piece.
1: Thank you so much. Allison's
2: very lucky that you wrote it for her. I'm so
1: lucky to have Allison. Mm. And Are
0: you're still, still friends?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she, she's doing it. her violin thing in Boston, so she's oh. doing her prestigious violin things. things. Um, yeah, but I'm going to see her tonight, so I haven't seen her in a long time. So oh, it's fantastic. nice. So she mm-hmm. didn't get into Juilliard, but she got into somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Some some other great
2: place,
0: you know. Yeah. So you are now out of uh, high school and you're yes. going to university mm-hmm. in Victoria. What's uh, that transition been oh, like? Oh,
1: it's been good. I mean, it's like I, I love still being in BC because I like BC and it's nice to be close to home and kind of every, all the roots back in Vancouver, but it's nice to kind of have this step this of independence of just like doing my own thing, going to my classes, running off my own steam and just working away at something. Um, yeah, I really enjoy the island life and it's nice to be, to be at university where things are like, there's kind of just like a level of like seriousness that I enjoy, but also find a little bit hilarious and mm-hmm. all
0: that. What have you uh, learned about yourself uh, now that you're uh, away from home and you know that first semester at I university? Know, I'm
1: steam. Yeah. yeah, I think actually that's a really big thing. Of just like I realize, like I'm in, like I'm I'm at university. Like everything I I do. I mean, obviously I, I have lots of support from family and friends and all those people. But like, like everything I do is is like i am i'm doing it like it's i'm i'm working towards something that that i'm committed to and like i just have like it's it's in my power to to do everything with that experience that i want it just feels like like it feels like a good like selfish time in my life where i'm just like i'm i'm doing something for me i'm going to school and it feels important and good and that like you know that i can do it by myself and mm-hmm.
0: And you're studying science mm-hmm. uh, towards a particular thing that I we've talked about before, and I found really fascinating, but I don't know I don't the know. exact oh. thing of it. So could you explain I it? I mean yeah. don't
1: know. I mean, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of fluid right now. Like, I'm not really super set on anything. Uh, but I'm studying biology. Um, I'm interested in, like maybe staying in biology, maybe doing neurobiology, maybe doing some biochemistry, not completely sure. But I think maybe what I talked to you about was, like, genetics or yeah, yeah. genetic counseling and things like that. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I, I i kind of, I read a book last year and just got really into kind of new genetics research type things and um, just find that super interesting. So that's kind of, like, the biochemistry path that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. But
0: And how does poetry, do you find that, any poetry in that study?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, like... I think I think like especially in university and academia, like the there's so many barriers between like faculties and departments that I just find like very artificial. Like you know, you're a science student, you're art student, um, but like one of the biggest things is like growing up. Like I've been super interested in both, and I like I just don't think that. Like I just think there's so much crossover in those places that that people don't realize that like should mm. be important, or just like between other people's like wh- like if you're if you're like going into business, like don't you think you should learn about the environment? Like you know what I mean? Like there's just so much things that like just to be a science student just seems like 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 what do you like you should Limiting, just like yeah. take some art classes and do some stuff. Like I was I was telling you I was I took an African drumming class just to have fun in science and yeah. But I like definitely in, in science like there's like, you know you learn, you're you learning about yourself like you're learning your brain is learning about itself your body's mm-hmm. learning about itself like there's there's something kind of interesting and poetic about I mean especially in biology is like learning about your very cellular systems that are happening like by the billions in every single cell in your body like I find that kind of cool It somehow <laughs> makes sense to me that you're studying that and that you like
2: to do persona poems it's like understanding something from the inside out, pretending you're that thing, and knowing as much about it as you can, so that it's not misunderstood.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know. So I don't know. It just it just makes sense somehow. We don't have very much time, okay. so maybe
1: one more poem. Sure. Yeah, I would love to do that. Oh man, the rustles. <laughs> I'm wrestling again. <laughs> this one I actually do have to read, but I know I have it. Aha! This is good. Okay, this is actually one I wrote in high school for like a project, but I like it. Sometimes I bring it out, but it's after a poem by the same title that's by Margaret Atwood, and it's called This is a Photograph of Me. At first glance, it seems a classic rendition of Summer by the Sea, trunks of trees hefting the weight of the late afternoon sun, a quadrangle of turquoise visible just off to the right. My older sister's hips are flipped in a shameless swagger that she does not yet know how to simmer down. Her cheeks bunched into apricots, she is unapologetic about placing her two fingers into bunny ears atop her sister's head, a cheeky move made only for the eyes of the camera. My older sister likes this little game, savors her role as the unconcerned trickster. This photograph was taken only moments before I bolt out of frame, childish body careening too quickly onto the pebbled shoreline, chasing too close to the swing of a young boy's baseball bat, and my head being too soft and full of blood to resist the unlucky blow, the hammerhead bite of metal. My face erupts into a hot stream of red, my sister shouts she's going to die, and wails all the way to the hospital, louder than me. I love you, she says, mourning a loss that has not yet come, she's going to die. She says, and of course, I don't. I live to share the space of a photograph frame with her again, me, the unknowing little sister, and her, pretending not to care too much.
2: <laughs> that was wonderful, thanks <laughs> so trickster has come up twice, yeah, that was good, yeah, yeah. yeah well uh, see we listen. we listen mm-hmm. to these poets every week <laughs> and be- in between, yeah. Do you consider yourself a trickster? It's other people, like the siren and the in the older sister, but still, hmm. do you do you feel like you have any trickster, trickster in you? Or what is it that attracts you to the idea of trickster if you aren't one yourself?
1: Hmm. I mean, I like to play around a bit. Like, I like kind of... I don't know. <laughs> I like having... <laughs> Maybe that's the trickster in you. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like the youngest in my family on one side of the family, so it's kind of like, you know, you get to be like... The kid for for the longest. I don't know. I try to maintain nice. that, you know, as uh-huh. everyone's growing to adults and just like, just not be so serious. Does sometimes. that make you a better poet? Yes, I think so. I think I think I think. I think, a lot. Um, (laughs) I just think, like, not being serious too much is, like, a good thing. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, especially, like, at university, like, academia is so serious sometimes that it's just hilarious. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like, (laughs) props, like, being so serious and so stressful. And it's just, like, you know? I mean, I think one of my favorite quotes is just, like, when tragedy is the question, comedy is the answer. Like, just, like, there's, like, comedy in everything. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, do
1: we have any events
2: to announce?
0: Uh, well, I know Emma
2: is oh, yeah, performing tonight mm-hmm. um,
0: at the Vancouver Youth Poetry Slam at Café de Soleil uh, for poets 13 to 20. And if you want to sign up uh, or know someone who would like to sign up in that age range, starts at 7 o'clock, the sign-up. Uh, but Tiny Tricycle Poets, you have, what do you have yes. coming up? Yes,
1: on January 28th, actually, we're, it's like our debut of our new show called Between Three Wheels um, at the Havana Theatre. Um, and I think we're still waiting on a specific time, but... Um, if you look, check us out on YouTube Tiny Tricycle Poets, send us a su- subscribe all that stuff, um, but basically it's, it's like an interview type style show with poetry intermingled through and we're, we're interviewing for this first show um, poets Matt Loeb and Mona Musa, so that should be good There's good
2: space for that, I can mm-hmm. imagine a tiny tricycle riding back and forth in the narrow stage uh-huh. of yes. Havana
0: Theatre
1: Yeah, if you if you <laughs> want to donate a real tricycle feel free and, <laughs> and
0: also aren't you trying to get a certain amount of uh subscribers yeah, or followers got, like, on YouTube or something like yeah, that? We hit
1: hundred this like uh, last month or something like that. Um I mean we're trying like we're at like total we're at we just hit like four thousand views, so we're trying to get to ten thousand. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's all
2: well, I checked last night, you have 118 subscribers as nice. of last night, just cool. before I posted
0: about you being on today, so.
1: Perfect, okay. Well, if you want to be 119, <laughs> it's time. It's yeah. time to go.
0: All right, well, that's all I've got for right now.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, there
2: is not a slam on Monday, because it's January 1st, just so everybody knows, and I don't think there are other poetry events going on, because it's kind of the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a downtime, so thank you very
1: much for oh, being. Oh, thank it you for having me. It a delight to have you. Thank on. you.
0: Uh, good. I'm RC Westlowski. I'm Pam Bentley. You can check out this show uh, online, uh, coopradio.org, and it'll be as a podcast on iTunes quite shortly. Uh, thanks to Dustin Perizo. Duncan, Dar- Duncan Perazzo, yeah. DF. I'm no DF. Yeah. Uh, for helping us with all those things, and thanks to Amanda for being a guest today. Thank you. Uh, oh no apologies necessary. He's coming up next.